Hey folks, Adam Summer here for the Heartland Pod. On this episode for January 17th, 2022, we've got big tech congressional subpoenas, the Missouri Manhood Challenge, 2022 redistricting impacts, and just what the heck is going on with the U.S. Senate. Plus, we have a last call all about the 2024 presidential race. But before that, I have an opening statement called, How Did We Get Here? And I want to address what Donald Trump did on Saturday night. Lots to do, so let's go. Welcome back to the Heartland Pod. My name is Adam Summer, and I am your host. For those of you joining us for the first time, welcome to our growing family. We are glad to have you. You can find more about us at heartlandpod.com, where you can also get links for our shows. You can follow us with at heartlandpod on Twitter, the same thing on Facebook. And we are back doing some Instagram, the Heartland Pod on Instagram. There is an underscore there. Uh, We do have an old account. We're cleaning that stuff up. So uh, the new account, just so you know the difference, the new account uh, shows you a picture of like my computer in the background and my microphone in the foreground. So that's the profile picture. Uh, So if you like the Instagram, you can go there. There's going to be more stuff there. Uh, I'm going to try to do some videos, uh, you know, kind of just some short stuff, uh, some engagement stuff over there. So uh, Heartland Pod on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, we're everywhere. Also, if you are a candidate or if you think you know somebody who'd be interesting for us to chat with, email us, heartlandpod2020 at gmail.com, uh, and let's set something up. Uh, I've had several guests that came through that venue where somebody sent an email said, hey, I think you might find this interesting. Uh, it's a great way to do it, and, and we love to take those kind of suggestions. Uh, also, take just a moment, please scroll down, leave a rating, leave a review, especially if you're on iTunes. That five-star rating means a lot. Uh, we've had a couple of reviews recently. Thank you to both of those reviews. They were both very, very kind, uh, and we hope to live up to exactly what you said in your review. That's been the goal. Uh, what you said is exactly what we're trying to do, and so hopefully we continue to achieve that. Uh, we really appreciate that. Uh, that that's what we want to do. We want to change the conversation, and, and you can help us do that. You can help us by growing our Patreon family as well to do that. Uh, five bucks a month gets you access to our blog post, the last call episodes. We will have one of those this week. You get a little little taste, just a little you know little taste of it at the end of the show, a little freebie, uh, and the rest will be for Patreon subscribers only. You can also get early access to some episodes. Tomorrow, I have a chat coming out with Nicholas Linky, one of our show hosts over on the Delta. Also has been a regular contributor for the Heartland Pod. Goes way, way back. Nicholas uh, helps by laying out the scientific realities of what a variant really is, the, kind of the why behind the what of Omicron and some essential virology, something that Nicholas happens to have written his book Malignant about, which is on Amazon, by the way. Uh, before the pandemic ever hit, he had written this book about this virus. And uh, it's kind of interesting because there's some parallels in there. And so he, he has this really deep understanding that he helps us with on these variants and kind of what it all really means. So that show got dropped on Friday night for the Patreon members. For the non-Patreon folks, it comes out tomorrow. Okay, real quick, want to address before we get to everything else. Saturday night, Donald Trump held a rally. He said that white people are being discriminated against with medical treatment for COVID. Lots of racist stuff happening at this rally, along with uh, just dystopian, authoritarian kind of just, it's not good. It's not good what's happening there. Along with his other authoritarian musings, we've got the racist stuff now just flat out, right? They're just saying it. So here's the bottom line. We're not going to spend a lot of show on that issue. We're not going to make it our Twitter fight. 
because that's what they want. Trump and his folks want us consumed with him. They want us amplifying his message. They want us ignoring the other stuff that needs to happen and fighting him because that's what he likes. That's what his supporters really, really like. They like to see him fighting. They like to see him fighting for them. And that's how they get them engaged. That's how they get them to give money. That's how they get them to continue coming out to vote. They want that fight. He wants that fight. So do you want to fight back? Do you want to do something about it? Let's flip it on its head. Make it positive. Turn that anger into calling potential donors for a candidate that you want to support. Turn that anger into donations. Turn that anger into door knocking this spring. Turn that anger into running for school board. Turn that anger into running for city council, county commissioner, state rep, state senate. Turn it into positive action. I don't care what party you're with. As long as what you want to do is not have a racist authoritarian regime take over this country, then run for office. And encourage other people to do the same thing and get out and help the ones who are willing to do it because they need our help. They need our help way more than they need us fighting against Donald Trump and the Trump supporters. That's not going to help. Don't tweet it. Don't Facebook it. Don't amplify the hate. Amplify the love with your action. All right, let's do the opening statement and then the rest of the show. How did we get here? A political landscape in which, for many people, the very thought of interaction with someone with whom they disagree on politics is a terrible, noxious thought. A country in which dozens of the people elected to federal office are openly advocating succession, civil war, attacks on the United States, and rooting against the country so they can dance on the political graves of the other party. The last few days, thinking about the legacy of Dr. King as today approached, I was struck by just how far from his message so many have strayed and how easily it seems to happen. In 1965, the Voting Rights Act was one of the single most inclusive and progressive policies the United States has ever passed. It was incredibly late in happening. But its legacy and the legacy of Dr. King are intertwined in ways that cannot be undone. A failure by those with the power and means to act, and in particular a failure created from intentional inaction, is inexcusable. Across the country, we hear more and more the phrase election integrity. Even while the only evidence of fraud in 2020 appears to be from Trump supporters, forging documents, by the way, attempting to change the outcome of a free and fair election. Election integrity is not a problem in America. But the integrity of those elected, that is a problem worth solving and fast. In the words of the great leader Dr. King, we must accept finite disappointment, but never lose infinite hope. That infinite hope, that is the spark that can cause a fire. A fire that can grow to engulf all that surrounds it, forever changing everything it touches finite disappointment today, but infinite hope for tomorrow. And now here's Rachel Parker and Sean Diller joining me for Talking Politics. Talking Politics. Welcome back to Talking Politics. It is Adam Summer. I am joined as usual by Rachel Parker and Sean Diller. We have four 
topics to get through, and then we do have a last call. So for the Patreon members, you'll find that full version of that over there. If you're not a member, stick around and get a couple of minutes, a little preview, a little taste, a little wet the beak on the last call, and then go sign up for Patreon. Rachel Parker, how you doing and what you sipping on? How do I sound, Adam Summer? Let's talk you about sound that first. Wonderful. How do I sound? sound what is great. what is what is uh, po- poised in front of my 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 middle-aged face new, this morning? N- new microphone, some new tech. So thank you, by the way, to the Patreon folks. We said if you support us, we will make the show better overall. We said we would upgrade some tech. We have upgraded a little bit. So if you're if you're thinking my God, Rachel sounds good. That's, that's because why. I'm, I'm using a professional uh, podcast, prof- professional quality podcast microphone. Yeah. I really got it not because I care about the quality of our production. I got it because now when people come into my office, they'll see the microphone. If they ever like, again do that, yeah. Right. Eventually we can <laughs> pretend. And then they'll see it and they'll be like, what's that microphone for? And I'll be able to humble brag about mm-hmm. having a grassroots podcast about Midwestern politics. And they'll be like... Right. God, you're so important. I'll be like, I am. I'm very important. (laughs) Only because of the people who are listening. Without them, we're just people shouting into the void. Exactly. Exactly. Which hasn't stopped a lot of other people in the past from being self-important and starting podcasts. Anyway, including uh, me, kind of. Anyway, so (laughs) I'm doing really well. I want to shout out to my my sweetheart of a husband who made all this possible yesterday. He uh, he, he did all the actual work. of. I I mean, I bought the thing, but he did all the work of actually picking it up. And the joke he made right before he did it, he's like, should we have taken acid first? Which is just funny if you're like... It's the thought of the two of us like tripping and putting together. Like, it just is hilarious. You ever tried to operate even just the front door? Yeah, the dishwasher. Imagine trying to get... I remember a very confusing trip to Vaughn's once. I walked, just to be clear, right from my house (laughs) in Glendale, California. And I think I was just trying to buy some gum. And that was just, like, too profound. The money. I was like, whoa, cash. Wow. Anyway, I'm doing good. Absolutely not. Yeah. I have no experience to give to that, so I'm just taking it in. Yeah. And uh, I'm I'm sipping on my my punishingly bitter Cafe Bustello, which is just how I like it. Nice. Oh, yeah. With your fruity notes. Vacuum pack or... Did you have a uh, a tin? We're doing the vacuum pack right now because that we Absolutely. get it from. We have to get it from uh, from the Ebay's or the Amazons, so <laughs> yeah. it has to come in the mail. So the vacuum pack is is just easier to get. But we oh, still man. have the party size Cafe Bustello brand. Uh, <laughs> like I think it's it's like a gallon, basically a gallon container of coffee that we have sitting on the counter. And I love once again not family size. Party size. Party size. Right. <laughs> they ain't a party until the coffee's rolling. I'll t- I should tweet a picture of it. It's real. I love it. It's my favorite thing where it's just like, it's party because there's coffee. Sean Diller, how about you? How you doing? What you sipping on? Oh, I'm doing well. Thanks. Yeah, I would make such a mess opening those vacuum packs. <laughs> <laughs> if you get the big, here's a pro tip. If you get the big. The fine if grind you the, also, you know. Yeah, if you get the big Bustello <laughs> party size container, it lasts for a long time. And you just cut the vacuum pack over the container, and it just just goes right in. It makes a cool. It makes that sound too. It's neat. That's why we have Rachel on the show. A little more life experience. Tips, if you try that, tips. if you try that in Colorado, forget about it. It goes everywhere. <laughs> There's just <laughs> no pressure. Kind of pressure change or something, and you know. <laughs> why are you in New Jersey in, in yeah. Colorado? Anyway, <laughs> I didn't know I podcasted with Joe Pesci, but okay. I drank the bulk of my. Cafe Bustello at either 110th Street and 2nd Avenue or in Jackson Heights. So I don't know. I just look at it. <laughs> it's and a, when you open shit in Colorado, yeah. it explodes, yogurt and otherwise. Anyway. It's true. It so, does. I can attest so how about to that. this morning, Sean? What, dropped out what coffee are you sipping this morning, I assume? Yeah, homemade iced coffee. There you go. 100% Colombian from Costco. Nice. 
Uh, yeah, I'm rolling my Ozark Mountain Coffee Company, as I have in the past, and some some water. Oh, by the way, I wanted to tell you guys, too, uh, and feel free to cut any of this out, Adam. It's up to you. But, like, uh, last week was our first morning broadcast, right? Our first uh, a.m.? Last week we did... Uh, no, last week we oh, did no, a Saturday was night. Two it was weeks, two, so weeks two weeks ago. Yeah. Two weeks ago was our first a.m., and, uh, and, and, and Elliot said, I said, what did you think? And he said, he said, I just listened to your podcast. And I said, oh, and he said, yeah, it's pretty funny. You guys have a sort of a different energy in the mornings. And I was like, what does that mean? And I was like, are you trying to say that we all sound like we're just sort of half awake? And he's like, kind of, yeah. <laughs> he just started I think we're doing all right. I think we're doing, yeah, all, we're right. doing all right. We're doing all right. I'm, I'm very but awake. I get it? up and exercise this morning. I rode the bike. I did a 20 minute, 20 minute spin. It's an I'm hour earlier here. And I need yeah. like a solid 45 minutes just to get ready. Can I, can I recommend something? Sure. Get up, get up and spin. I'm a disciple now. I'm telling you, I'm uh, this Peloton thing is real. Uh, everybody who tell who tells you about it is right. <laughs> All of it's real. <laughs> I wonder if I can just believe that I would be motivated to do the exercise. That's you know, it's the beauty yeah. is it's only twenty minutes. That's what's so great about it, and it's just like super easy to do. And you can check your emails if you want to while you do it because it's like you're on a bike, so you can just sit up and you know be on your phone if you need to. But anyway, yeah, I'm super energized. Uh, which is good because I'm going to the Chiefs playoff game. So when you're listening to this, I'm either, again, very happy or very sad. Uh, and hopefully by the time you're listening to this, I'm warm again because it's going to be very cold. Very cold. <laughs> it's very cold. But hopefully I'll be watching the end of Ben Roethlisberger's career. So, all right, let's uh, jump into the topics that we have here. Uh, we've got a true or false. True or false. So true or false. Tech company subpoenas for January 6th committee mean something. There is a new round of subpoenas that have come out, and they are including Facebook, Google, Reddit, uh, Twitter, and this time does include YouTube. They got a little invite to the party. Uh, Rachel, you pointed that out to us. So what do you think? Uh, you're our sort of our resident tech company. Nerd. Yeah. Yeah. The person who has worked in places like that before, um, never for a big four, but uh, certainly for tech companies. Um, well, I think it's really interesting. So when we talk about misinformation, um, we typically neglect to mention how responsible YouTube is in the dissemination, the wide, broad, successful dissemination of uh, misinformation on YouTube. And right. Um, we talk a lot about, of course, about uh, Facebook exclusively almost. Um, and we seem to forget that like misinformation has a uh, a friendly audience on any tech platform that has, let's just say, like crowdsourced material. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. And YouTube's preferential algorithms did uh, uh, probably way more to spread QAnon misinformation, vaccine misinformation, um, January 6th misinformation, so forth than uh than facebook could partly because it has a ton of traffic and also because it's the second most popular search engine on the planet i also if think ever I've been spent thinking time, oh, oh go, so i was just gonna really quick so i was gonna say if you've ever spent time on youtube when something happens that makes you go and search a video like i remember when chris cornell died and i went to youtube and i looked up you know chris cornell singing nothing compares right an hour later the rabbit hole that i was down right and all right. i did was let youtube roll well, and I've been thinking recently about, you know, who's a great audience for bullshit, you know, <laughs> and it would be, you know, non-readers is the, is the word. Sure. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, they're on YouTube watching these insane videos, which right. I don't think were around in nearly the amount before. No, they weren't. And so uh, I think 
<clears throat> I've said before, I think that, uh, I don't know if I've talked to you guys about this, but I think that if I were, if, if I were at Google and if I were in uh, Sanjay, what is Sanjay, the, the relatively new CEO, uh, whose name just yeah, escaped me know. because it's early, um, who sounds like a lovely guy, by the way, like he sounds like a way more moral person than Schmidt was, but uh, Sundar Pichai, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> if I were in Sundar's ear, I'd be like, sell it now. Just they're going to make you, they're going to, you're going to be under such SEC scrutiny until you dump that YouTube thing. Um, just part with it now, clean up the act, clean up Edwards. So I think, so the true or false was, does it mean something? Mm -hmm. I, I think, you know, whether or not it will result in any action. I think I'll also mention that this week, um, Lena Khan, FTC chair renewed her suit, refiled her suit against Meta. Mm -hmm. Uh, and mm -hmm. I think she probably has the chops to bring the right pieces of information, uh, about monopolistic behavior. And I right. think that when you start to sort of undo, when you, when you pull the hood off of Facebook, you're going to see some meta, meta, excuse me, whatever you're going to see mm, some excellent analogy there. Go ahead. Fantastically. Yeah. You're going to see some fantastically anti-monopolistic behavior or some very pro monopolistic behavior. So I think, um, I wouldn't want to be there. I wouldn't want like I. I just think it's great that it's also Snap. I think it's great that it's so inclusive. I think that Josh Howley has missed. Harley. Excuse me, George has missed his opportunity to not get to grill these guys uh, on his own subcommittees because this could have been his moment to be like, I hate being tag because he hates it so much. Right. Um, so I'm going to say true, trueish. <laughs> it's trueish. Yeah. I'm going to glob onto that and just say I do think it's true because of how seriously they're taking it and, and the way the companies are already responding. We've got YouTube with a temporary suspension of Dan Bongino, which for those of you who don't know who that is, imagine if Alex Jones and Joe Rogan had a love child, it would be Dan Bongino. Uh, and so he's been suspended for misinformation regarding masks on YouTube uh, for a week. So I'm sure he'll come back with a vengeance, but so that's sort of a strike one on him. Sean, what do you think uh, real quick here? True or false? It means something. Sure. Yeah, I think it means something. Yeah, that the federal government ultimately, I think, getting whatever access they want into the user information. And where right. is this? You know, where are all the IP addresses? And, you know, when I think of the posture against the Russians and the Chinese and how that's you know, definitely with Russians is going to be tied up in all kinds of January 6th misinformation and yeah. users. And um, not to mention all the other things that voters are super concerned about, like the CEO of Instagram was in front of the United States Senate a couple of weeks ago. And, uh, you know, they like, they, right. The algorithm about kids. With them. And, yeah. 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 And, and rightfully so. I mean, that stuff is right. pretty abhorrent that's going on. And their whole position with the government is so weak and thin right. it's just this idea of like we feel like there does need to be regulation and right. when the senators ask you know like what did you have in mind he's like it's obvious that they're just trying to use all their money as like as a you know we just want to lobby the shit out of you and get it to look like what we want it to look like right and that's what they're and they're acting like that they have this stuff to offer the mm -hmm. politicians but really you know from Ken Buck and some of these, like, uh, I think Josh Hawley is in this crew, the anti-tech folks right. to the it's very bipartisan uh, for progressive. Sure. Oh, yeah. Right. Exactly. Like people who Klobuchar is a big name in there. That's yeah. Yeah. So I think it just signifies like, you know, a more competent overall government, like 
Democrats have gotten the first rescue plan passed. <laughs> you know, the government in general is kind of cleaning up its act in, you know, the FBI, different, um, you know, Department of Justice and, and even Pentagon agencies. So I think it just signifies right. that the, the government is actually get what doing the actions of government. Right, perhaps. right. So right. Well, let's yeah. move on to the next topic here. Yeah, no. Yeah. All right. Yeah, no. Uh, the Missouri GOP has introduced a resolution, uh, and I haven't looked to see if it's passed yet, but they've introduced a resolution to declare a manhood challenge. <laughs> uh, really? Here, here's some language. Wherein you pull out the waistband <laughs> of your sweatpants, look down, and, and go, yep. I guess, you know, <laughs> take it from Greitens after that. <laughs> so here's the, here's the language that was, that was at the end. Burn, that was a good one. The, the, the end of this resolution, here's the language. <clears throat> Be it further resolved that we call Missouri's young men to engage in the, quote, Missouri manhood challenge, end quote, which targets. I don't know why that's a quote, by the way, but it is. And this is which, not the onion. This is like we're looking should at the actual be like delay. Yeah, challenge, no, this is, challenge. I've really had yeah, challenge, 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 challenge. Uh, <clears throat> which targets the same honorable, virtuous and vigorous manhood. Take up this challenge, young men, by rejecting the objectification of women, by striving for future excellence upon becoming husbands and fathers, by sacrificing for the good of others, by developing capabilities that lead to greater self-sufficiency and familial sustenance, by strengthening yourself spiritually, mentally, intellectually, and physically, and by embracing the essential role you play in securing a free, vibrant society. We are confident that you will find this challenge is worthy of your devotion. To borrow from Alfred Lord Tennyson... Its fruits justify the strength of your will, quote, to strive, to seek, to find, and not to yield, end quote, in this <laughs> consequential <laughs> endeavor. Before we discuss worthy of this. Your de- we expect you'll find us worthy of your devotion. Oh, do you? Yeah. We, <laughs> like, before what? we get into this screen too much, can I just request, Adam, that when you mix the show, that you drop some kind of inspirational music behind what you just read? Because, I can do like, that. Yeah. I have, a little, I have a little moment. Sorry. So Sorry. my first question on this is number one. I uh, uh, I am a man. Last I checked, I have children. Check. I, I exercise. That's yeah, a I new thing you, that I I'm doing. Are, I think you satisfy. I think you are the manliest man of the mans. There you go, it, Missouri Manhood Challenge. I've got a beard. I think Sean is too. Sean. Sean's manly I mean, man. All got children. I say is as a wearing father a flannel. <laughs> manly wearing shit. a flannel. This thing is Northwest Territories. Yeah, it it's looks excellent. so comfortable. <laughs> Got to be very old. I've owned it for a long time and, of course, bought it secondhand. Right. Um, but as the father of two daughters, I'll just say I'm glad they're not doing this for girls. You know, just leave <laughs> <laughs> leave them out of it. Uh, yeah. It's just like every week I think, oh, we'll see if we can find something for the yeah, no. They just serve it up. They just serve right. it up. They're like, here you go. Like, here's one. How about this? Yeah. So Rachel, what do you think? Uh, as as a woman uh, in Missouri, do you feel like this Missouri Manhood Challenge is going to be beneficial to you? Well, I, um, be it resolved, be it further resolved. <laughs> uh, I mean, listen, would I have shown this to some of the dudes that I know that I knew in my 20s and been like, can you can you roll with us a little? Just like a tiny bit, I would have said yes. 
Um, I would be like, here, yeah, because <laughs> some of that stuff sounds great. Like, sure. Be honorable, be virtuous. And right. I don't know what vigorous manhood means. I don't know. That, I have some ideas. A little, a little suggest. <laughs> that's a little subjective, just a tiny, tiny bit subjective. Our um, young and, men and, and suggestive. Engage, it's like, I'm going to stop you right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, uh, so I don't think that they have the same idea of what engagement means that somebody like me would have. Um, my hope would be that whoever who introduced this, what venal uh, introduced by up. Representative Richie. Yeah. Oh, I think and I, he looks okay. very bizarrely polished for a state representative. It's so weird. It's like he has the same job as the lady who sold amniotic fluid, and it's like, <laughs> it's like <laughs> they're all the same mechanically separated chicken, is what I came up with, but just <laughs> different. <laughs> Sizes, shapes, and dare I say, coding. Oh God! Oh God! That's if if you oh want to know God. how little this show is actually scripted. Now you know. We had oh no God. idea that was coming. Oh. I am very confident that Sean oh. had not written that down. <laughs> off my glasses and wipe the tears away oh. that was so funny um oh my god i don't even yeah i, I got nothing mm. i was gonna say something clever about it's bizarre how... yeah you look him up yeah yeah it's just it's bizarre <laughs> i don't know so he is a pastor oh okay yeah that makes a law enforcement sense. chaplain so yeah okay. he actually got his <laughs> uh undergraduate degree from uh the university of central missouri which is where i went so that's interesting oh. Um, I wonder if he if he means that um, he would also want to file a resolution to say that there is a suicide epidemic amongst young men in Missouri. Right. And that is an epidemic primarily fueled by opiate abuse. Right. And suicide by gun and yeah. despair. We'll say diseases of despair. So um, if he's down for some access to mental health facilities well, and mental health is not manly. Mental oh. health is is admitting that's some sissy stuff. Weakness. That's some sissy stuff. Yeah. That's strictly like like vagina ter- like born with a vagina territory. Yeah, or you, you know, know liberal, you know, liberal cuck, okay. you know, liberal those guys. wokeness. Okay, yeah. so so this is more like the uh, you get dinged in the head during a football game. This is the walk it off. Right, it's the walk it manhood. off crew. Yep, 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 yep. Okay, I'm there are no concussions. That. There well, are weird just because... bad nights of sleep. Keep going, you know, Sean. The, you got this. Yeah, this just is go. Well, no, I just this. mean, just like, go. the religious background, like, just the defending male, you know, defaultness, dominance, whatever, deference to, I don't get it. And it is packed with stats about how dudes are, you know, Well, so, some of these sloppy, are totally misleading. Messy, so like, <laughs> bad impacts <laughs> on society. Like, children are four times more likely to suffer poverty absent a father. Okay, Sure. So Let where me tell are you the something. dads? Like right. that's the point. It's As somebody that, who that deals in family law on a regular basis, <laughs> right. and, are those and, teen pregnancies because they couldn't get access to birth control or abortion? Yeah. Like, how about, where's her dad? How about the guys who take <laughs> off and don't pay child support, but right. they definitely vote for uh, this particular representative, Eric Greitens? Right. There's a reason why in Missouri, if you don't pay your child support, your hunting license gets suspended. There's a reason for that. Right. Because we figured out at some point in time that there's a pretty strong overlap in the Venn diagram between hunting license holders and guys that don't pay their child support. So perhaps we should address that issue. Perhaps it's more manly to get out of the tree stand and pay your child support. 
Perhaps that would be a manly thing to do. But, you know, I'm just said a liberal fam- socialist cuck, right? Family lawyer. Liberal right. socialist cuck with, family lawyer. With three kids, a sturdy marriage, uh, <laughs> you know, all the things that they want us to have. And, working, and a professional wife, let's be clear. Right, a professional like, wife. Right, all of the things that, that, that they say are good and wonderful in society, but because I don't vote for them on a regular basis, I'm on the outside looking in, excuse me. Well, and then you pull the thread of what Josh Hawley's been talking about. It's and the same it is like, it's exactly he's same saying, bullshit. he's saying the meanest stuff just right. about people who are engaged in politics, not in lockstep with him. Yeah. So that's, what's really lame about it. Yeah. Including <laughs> coming after the star. Hawley tried to come after the star last week. Right. Right. Writing a story. Yeah. Like the, whatever the failing Kansas city star. Like, Dude, yep. stop trying whatever. I want to point out also in this bill, which I yeah, find last really, word, and then we're going to move on. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, because it's it's uh, we've already dedicated so much time to it, but so much laughter, Sean. Thank you, so much laughter. Yeah, there's a there's a provision in there that says like children are I don't know how many more times likely to suffer uh, ne- uh, like issues like abuse and neglect absent mm-hmm, a father, mm-hmm. maybe because it's a single family house, single income household, and uh, if that child doesn't have access to uh, I don't know, day, free daycare. Um, that means yes. that that working parent is going to have to leave the child with whomever they can. Also, um, it's a complete misnomer because abuse and neglect are lumped together because they're both the words that are used to lead to these particular kinds of juvenile cases. Right. But it could be the same as like a kid who doesn't show up to school, a case could be opened and that's going to get categorized in abuse or neglect case, but th- th- they're not the same thing. Like it, it's, it's, it, it's sloppy it's poor wording. It's poor drafting. It's bad. Let's 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 move on to buy or sell. All right, buy or sell. Twenty twenty two redistricting will actually wind up hurting uh, Republicans more than helping Republicans because essentially because of how aggressive they've tried to push uh, the issue. Obviously, there's some states that, and this goes both ways. Illinois is gerrymandered heavily to the left. But in Missouri, the 7-1 map is very clearly going to fail. In Ohio, the map that Republicans put forward that was heavily gerrymandered was overturned by the courts. In Tennessee, the House redistricting panel uh, put out their map. And there's a a story – there's there's the story linked in the show notes to this um, where when they they put the map out, uh, a representative from Nashville said – uh, that there was when the map was unveiled, you could hear the air suck out of the room, and then there was laughter at how ridiculous the map was. Like, so Sean, uh, kick us off here as our political analyst guy. Yeah. What do you think? By yourself. So, I don't think that the GOP's approach to redistricting in Missouri will hurt it at all. I think, as dysfunctional as they may look from time to time, or all the time. <laughs> I don't know why I said that. <laughs> um, they have enough like sinister brains in there to um, to make sure that they take advantage of something like redistricting. They reversed clean Missouri, which was a huge feat given that voters right. were on the opposite side of the issue. Yeah. They paid no price. They were willing to pay a price and they paid no price even in the near term. And uh, the reason they did all that was to make sure that they had control of redistricting, I think, and just, you know, a stranglehold on on the state, which after eight years of, a, you know, Jay Nixon um, administration, you know, and, and Democrats from time to time at the top offices before that, you know, they really are just locking it down. And I, um, even if they drop a statewide race here and there in the next 10 years, 
I think that they're going to benefit from all of what they did. I think there's going to be definitely even fewer competitive state level races, uh, state legislative races. Um, and they lock in this, you know, really friendly map, 25% democratic legis- uh, representation. Rachel. Um, I haven't seen the latest. I still think that probably what's going to happen is that the compromise is going to be the six, two map because the, uh, they don't really have much of a choice. It's uh, trending pretty of, heavily that direction. Yeah. 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 So, uh, and you guys, if, if, if any, if you want to go back and listen to my conversation last week, um, with Jason Rosenbaum from St. Louis public radio, he spells it up better than I ever could. Um, I think what's more likely to happen is, and let's, let's separate the two things between state redistricting, meaning redistricting for state, uh, assemblies and congressional redistricting for the U S Congress. Everything that I've read this week basically says that the Republicans didn't pick up as many seats as they were probably hoping to in the U S Congress, the U S house of representatives, because they were so successful at gerrymandering 10 years ago, they don't really need to. Um, so rather than risking, uh, uh, things rather than risking like court cases, because the, the census numbers came out much later than they did this year, uh, they yeah. did 10 years ago because of the, because of COVID. So what they're doing is they're just going to further entrench their own districts that are already really safe. So they're mm-hmm. just going to take what they have and make them safer. And, uh, you know, so basically it's going to be sort of a net zero impact on the U S house of representatives. There, there's not going to be this bloodbath that everybody I think was kind of afraid of. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's like a heyday for Democrats either. I think we picked up two seats overall across the country. Well, in some blue states like here, like have, yeah, you guys have a more competitive. Couple, yeah, yeah, Lauren. Well, no, I was going to say Lauren Boebert has a more safe seat, right? And, um, right. And Ed Perlmutter's district is more Republican as well. We do have a, a new seat that's um, like plus three Democrat or something. But yeah, I think you're right. It's some something of a wash nationally. But I think in terms of state districts, I, it'll be kind of interesting to see. I the we there's I haven't really seen any good examples of what the Missouri map looks like because there's so much disconnect between. Um, both chambers, both the, the House, both the Republicans and the Democrats, there's just no consensus. And so it may go to this kind of deadline and it may go to the um, to be decided by the district court, which is what the the clean Missouri repeal put in place. <laughs> it was like it was right, really it's really right. so. But I think in places like Ohio, I find that really fascinating because the Ohio courts, not the federal courts, the Ohio courts were like, this is crazy. And this is, I think this was their state map, right? This was their yeah, state yeah. redistricting map. The, um, yeah, the state, the Ohio Supreme Court was like, you've got to be out of your mind. And so when you see Nina Turner tweeting that with like claps, with like clap emojis, like, right. you know, it's like a good day for the left in Ohio, which hasn't happened for a minute as far as I can tell. So um, I don't know. I think Sean's right, though. I think that the, if you're, us right if you're a, a progressive slash even moderate democrat in a state like missouri um i don't know that i would clap myself on the back too hard i mean i do think it's significant that we're probably going to that that the democrats are going to hang on to uh the seat in kansas city i don't think that's a small issue i think that's a big one yeah, uh, yeah. and that you know when you look at how what it really would mean in missouri probably we we like to think that this is just what I feel like right now, that when you look at Ann Wagner's district, for example, or Blaine Luke Meyer's district, when you look at those and you think, OK, so if we non if we did a solidly nonpartisan gerrymander on those districts, would they really become more competitive? Right. 
And the answer is not, I mean, maybe, like maybe, 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 maybe. But the way things are going in Missouri, I think that there would just be more of a likelihood that, um, uh, you know, that that we would have less, we'd have, have increasingly less Democratic representation, not more. So that's what I'll well, say. It's really, really hard to change 10-point races by moving the line a little bit. Um, you know, if that's the trend of the state, then a little bit of redistricting magic is not going to fix Correct. that particular issue. And, and it might issue. actually hurt. So, like... Yeah, Wagner's you wind up district, diluting yeah. places. And incumbents that, are the right. ones doing it, remember, too. Like, they're right, not going to change right. their own districts that much. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, not ran, I mean, Mo2 is an R plus 5 district. So, I mean, if it became an R plus 3 district, do we really think that in Missouri and in St. Louis County, of all places, and St. Charles County, that we would suddenly have, a, like, a liberal Bernie Kratt progressive, like, charging right. to the front? Come on, no. Right. I doubt it. So, And and it's the same task, right? If you're at a plus five or a plus three, uh, Sean, uh, let's let's hit this and then we'll move to the big one. You know, if you're looking at a district, and, and you've worked in the second before, uh, if you're looking at that district, plus five, plus three, is it really that different of a race that you're looking at in that, like, you know, plus 10 to plus five, really different race, but from five to three, do you really care at that point? It's as been basically preserved you know and that's probably what they set out to do and they didn't want to pull too hard from other districts that are super red or you know make it any more you know the way to make it more competitive for democrats would have been to grab some of the heavily democratic first district right you know so they easily could have made it even more competitive they could make all those districts even more competitive you for know sure. as opposed to less so it's like that's the spectrum you're looking and let's, at and let's be right. clear that the i just want to point this out too that from again i glanced at it uh i didn't see the actual map i didn't look i didn't drill down into it and this is not my area of expertise at all but like uh the map that the democrats proposed the u.s congressional map i'm talking about they proposed last week would have made missouri's first district purple Mm-hmm. So that's Cori Bush's district. Mm-hmm. They would have made her district purple, which is, you know, okay. She would, they would have grabbed instead of going. So if you look at the map, they're going kind of Southwest into like Webster groves and these part, these suburbs that are definitively democratic. I mean, right. like no question, like right. super liberal. And you could make three like red or purple districts if they were all stringy. Like if they started looking really gerrymandered, that's correct. And so <laughs> yeah, like, so crystal yeah. Quaid's map would have grabbed, would have increased the size of the of, of Missouri's first by going west into St. Charles County. Right. So oh, above, okay. above Ferguson, which would definitely put her seat in jeopardy, which I think like Cori Bush would probably be like, okay, like I, I want competitive districts. I want fair gerrymandering, but um, I don't want everybody to think that the that's a map hell of a, that, that's a hell of a phrase, fair gerrymandering. Sorry. Well, yeah, Go I ahead. mean like, but like more <laughs> competitive congressional right. districts. Yeah. So that, um, uh, so does, and, and so that's to be clear, like the, the map that the Democrats in the house have proposed is not like a Democrat safe map either. No, yeah, yeah. It's just more, it's, it's less safe districts. So well, it's, and it's a generally a more competitive map to where, which is something that personally I think is a good thing It should because be. it creates a, an environment where both parties genuinely have to run an honest race and it, and it Instead should of eliminate. Just Instead of just it against each other. Right. It should eliminate some of the extremism. Like it, it inherently should eliminate some extremism by doing that, which I think for politics in general is good. Um, but I think you're, you're both right. I think the 6-2 map is going to prevail in Missouri. Uh, and it looks like other states, it's going to be it's going to be a little bit more fair than I think some folks realize. 
Um, but it we'll, kind we'll, of is we'll what it is. It it's sort out. of like it's sort of sticking with the same demographics that we have now. Yeah. And I'm going to I'm going to double down. I'm going to mention two things where we get off this one. I had to spend way too much time Googling and searching on both the St. Louis Post-Dispatch and the Kansas City Star websites to find any information about this on Thursday and Friday. Right. So um, the other top of the line stories on the Post-Dispatch were kind of stupid. I was really annoyed. Um and uh, I don't know why this wasn't on the homepage anywhere of the Casey Star political section. It could have been that they had something further, like, buried earlier in the yeah. week or something. Um, but that just shows, like, how – if you want to tell me the the, lib- the lib- – I'm not I, – I think the Kansas City Star is an excellent paper. You guys know that. I think the St. Louis Post-Dispatch needs to kind of maybe step it up a little, just a, a little just bit, a little like bit. a tiny bit. Yeah. Call me. I'll help. Whatever. Um, but uh, that's my first thing. And my second thing doesn't matter because I forgot what it was going to be. So let's just move on. <laughs> yeah, I think to just to cherry on that is I think it says a lot when an independent podcast uh, is probably providing the most and most comprehensive redistricting coverage in the state of Missouri. You know, we had Rosenbaum on on Tuesday. We had Unsicker on on Thursday. Talked about redistricting with both of them. We talked about it on Monday. We're talking about it today. Um yeah, it I should mean, be one of the only things the entire country is focused on right if now. we are going to also spend as much time giving oxygen to Joe Biden's quote unquote failure to pass uh, the John Lewis Voting Rights Act. Right. So right. if you're going to hold that in one hand, I don't understand why this isn't a more uh, well discussed topic in the two largest newspapers in the state of Missouri. And again, tweet at me. I'm not hard to find on Twitter if I'm wrong, if I missed something make me come correct with that. But um, I, well, the reason wanna... is just to, is because regular people hate politics, <laughs> but they're newspapers. <laughs> they are newspapers. 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 If you are, <clears throat> your job is to tell people what's important and your job is to tell people what's important. You don't have to put it on the, on the front page, but it should be on the front page of the politics section. Because if I'm, if I'm navigating to the politics section of a newspaper, that means I do care about politics, right? And I didn't find any of it there. Honestly, if it weren't for the Missouri Times, um, who has – I forget who their uh, their Senate correspondent is. She was live tweeting all week about what was going on uh, during the uh, various hearings and stuff that, that dealt with redistricting. And the Missouri Independent, which talked about it a lot, and State's Newsroom that talked about it a lot. So – Shout out to them. We'll just make it positive. Shout out to independent media in Missouri. Um, you know, even if you don't agree with their biases, those those look those uh, outlets have done a fantastic job of um, helping me stay informed about what's going on with redistricting in our region, and I appreciate it. The end. All right, let's move on. And now the big one. I just I used the new drop. You guys have heard the new drop. Uh, let us know what you think on Twitter. I think it's hilariously stupid. Um, maybe you like it. Maybe you don't. Uh, so WTF is going on in the U.S. Senate, folks. Uh, my God. Um, lots of craziness occurring. Uh, and here's sort of the kickoff story uh, about uh, Lindsey Graham calling out Mitch McConnell over Donald Trump. So Lindsey Graham has now decided to go back over to the Trump side of things. Uh, he is, he's back in the Trump lap and he is essentially saying he's not going to support Lindsey Graham as the GOP's leader, even if they take control in 2022, uh, which is, I, I just, I don't know what the, what is going on? Sean, kick us off here. 
It's crazy. The, what I immediately thought, which I think I texted you guys, is like Lindsey Graham is such a cockroach. Yeah. Like he's just, you know, and speaking of manhood, I'll do my my Milos impression. Again. <laughs> he's not even married like I am. <laughs> <laughs> I but, think um, when the GOP talks about manhood, they always like have the carve out for Lindsey. They're like, we don't mean him. Like, right. Our right. toxic masculinity does that apply the to Lindsey Graham. Yeah. <laughs> He's Well, um, then you've got, they've got, there's, you know, here's another headline, right? Hero or heel, conservatives attack on uh, Senator Ted Cruz underscore GOP infighting over January 6th. Like, right. it's, it's all over the place. It's Trump's influence, and it's crazy because – we are going to see open war. And I think it is Lindsey Graham is just such a, I think we've said one of the most cynical operators in Washington, you know, even when sometimes it seems transparent and vile, Mm -hmm. you know, like he's also, um, you know, operating. (laughs) Um, He just got got reelected so he can say and do whatever he wants. Yeah. And so did Mitch. And that's what's so messed up. It's like Mitch is 79, you know, Lindsey's probably not that, much farther behind him and so i think he sees him as a little bit vulnerable and he's sure. threatening him and um i don't know what he seems to think he's going to get out of it I because think- mcconnell's not going to do what he's talking about anyone who's read anything you know about mcconnell's feelings on trump you know well, here, here's yeah. a quote right here's an old quote from uh, this is last year asked about senate candidates lining up behind trump this was this is mitch mcconnell <clears throat> I do think we need to be thinking about the future and not the past. Uh, I think the American people are focusing on this administration and what it's doing to the country. It's my hope the 22 election will be a referendum on the performance of the current administration and not a rehash of suggestions about what may have happened in 2020. Wow, that was that was way better than my burning. <laughs> really good. Oh my god, that was really good. <laughs> yeah, it's really all good. it's the microphone. And when Mitch McConnell says what he wants people to be talking about. He doesn't waste his words, you know, no. and he doesn't talk about things that he can't affect himself either. So that's how I kind of take all this. Lindsey Graham has no power. You know, Mitch McConnell has all the power in this. And so it seems like a just extremely cynical, desperate it's, move it unless seems, it's something I'm missing. It seems like this is my guess uh, on this particular issue is that Lindsey Graham is betting on a big split in the GOP if they keep the Senate and lose the House. Because right. that's a possibility, too, that the Democrats keep the Senate and lose the House of Representatives, that right. the Senate map doesn't change all that much. Um, I mean, it's one person. That's all that needs to happen is one person either needs to hang on to a seat or the Senate can gain one seat. And then that Senate uh, senior elector is, is up for grabs. And I think uh, Lindsey is counting on the fact that Kevin McCarthy will be the Speaker of the House and mm-hmm. then he'll be over in the Senate like, bro, pass the ball to me. I'm your Trump boy. Right. And that Mitt McConnell's leadership would be for the first time in his tenure has been what majority leader since. Oh, he, he's been the Republican Senate leader for a long time. I think since right. Wait, Longest right? serving. Is yeah. his what he wants to do. I think he's really close. Yeah. Decades, though. Yeah. Yeah. So so I think like. I think Lindsay, I think old Lindsay's just trying to see if McCarthy would pass him the football and support him in challenging mix Mitch's uh, uh, senior ranking uh, majority leader position. Well, Lindsay, Lindsey Graham's run for president too, so we got to always assume that those guys want to run for president. Right. Again. I want to. I want someone. Which to Mitch McConnell Marco does not Go want ahead. to do and will not do. Right? right. That is not Mitch McConnell's bag. Right. He's busy becoming very rich. No, he has the, the he has the he has the charisma as you just demonstrated of like. <laughs> 
Jealous. He has no care. He has no, he has, he's powerful, but he's not charismatic at all. He's got the right, right job. I mean, he like, he definitely found the right let's job. Let's put, let's talk about someone charismatic and Marco Rubio. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I, want, Lord. I want someone to shove him into the spotlight literally and make him choose between McConnell being, come on, come on. And, uh, and Lindsey Graham. He can't and, do uh, it. He won't be able that, to do it. That would mean Rubio would have to have produced a spine in the right. last Right, uh, but he wants years. to run for president too. And so does Ted Cruz. So it is, it's going to be open warfare and um well and rubio's running yeah. from florida like he right. can't he can't be on mitch's side on this i don't think he, he i don't think he can afford right. it politically to do it ted right. cruz can't either ted cruz has already talk about the missouri manhood challenge and i think that ted is the cruz got literally split, attacked his whole manhood got attacked by donald trump and then six months later he was just like yes sir whatever you say sir yeah i mean geez it seems like the the jeff flakes and the John Danforths and the Mitch McConnells of the world, you know, they are showing that they'll let the next generation do whatever they need to do to hope, you know, to beat the Democrats. I, right. I heard yeah, this really Maybe that's what's going on. You're right. I heard this And that really means Trump, you know, so maybe mm-hmm. McConnell will exceed. Who knows? Yeah, I don't think he cares. I think that's what's important to say is that Mitch McConnell doesn't care. He's he's he did what he set out to do. He can go off into greener pastures if that's what he wants. I mean, I mean, he was from Kentucky. A lot, yeah, pastures, a lot of green pastures, baby. A lot of green pastures. Oh, my God. I mean, he doesn't. I mean, speaking of, like, running for president, you know, Rand Paul was, like, having this, like, like ridiculously pointless argument with Fauci on, on the Senate, which was so embarrassing oh God, for, yeah. for him. Mr. Like, I'm a doctor. Sound? Yeah, that like, sound whatever. bite of Fauci. <laughs> whatever, you idiot. So, um, God, I hate Rand Paul. Anyway, um uh he's looking worse as he's getting older also i don't know if know, this happens to I everyone hope, but uh <laughs> I, I listen i don't pray to any gods but i do pray to fake gods so to the old gods and the new that's a game of throne reference i would like to say that i hope that at some point Rand paul's body rejects his hair implants that <laughs> would be so ah. Uh, he does have the look the last. <laughs> he does he's got that look of like you know those um uh those like really cheap um visors that are also wigs my dad has one we gave it to him as a joke yeah you like yeah, wear yeah. like guys yeah. wear it like when they golf and it's like yeah. a fun yeah. like they all get one and they all take the picture with it that's right. what his head looks like it, like it, it looks like head. he's wearing he a party he, trick he might so what he was on... wearing when uh he was mowing the front yard and someone literally saw him and couldn't restrain Clocked themselves him from right bum the rushing. But I, this is really worth pointing out. So I've been, uh, if you're, if, you know, there's plenty of thought leadership right now on authoritarianism and how it's encroaching on American democracy. And, and it's real, by the way, it's real. Um, and we should mention that with all of the fight, we talk about this a lot in our Slack chat that um, we can't lose sight of the fact that, voting rights and voter suppression is one thing, but election reform is, is, is a tweak on that. And there has been some, speaking of like WTFs going on in the Senate, there was chatter on the anniversary of January 6th, that there may be some chances that the Senate would take up challenges and changes to the 1887 electoral count act, which would, it wouldn't make it impossible for States like Arizona to challenge the outcome of their own elections, Mm -hmm. but it would make the ceremony of the house approving who's president and make it impossible for say like the vice president to overturn the outcome of the election, which Mike Pence fortunately didn't do. Um, By the way, Mike Pence run on that. 
you idiot. Run on. I saved this country. Just, just keeps, just go to, I dare, I double dog dare you tomorrow. Like he listens. I double dog dare, Roy Blunt might though. I double dog dare you to the next time you make some stupid stump speech about, about birth control or whatever nonsense you're talking about to remind everyone that if you hadn't stepped up during, uh, during the 2020 election and been like, no, I'm not going to do this. This is absolutely, this is undemocratic. This is un-American. I'm not going to steal the election away from the will of the American people. We lost. We lost fairly. We lost squarely. It was. If he said that tomorrow, the dude would be the front runner in 2024. Boom. No question. Well, He's not going to. But yeah, because when he did that, the angry mob erected a gallows. Remember? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But yeah, not everybody's a Trump supporter. That's what I want to keep saying. But we talk you know, about the- it's tough out there. I think, it or is, as but- Olivia Rodrigo would say, it's brutal out there. <laughs> I think, uh, wow. is that a singer that I'm too old to know who that is? Uh, I mean, yeah. everyone's too old to know her, but, okay. you know, All right. she's good. She's the she's songbird of the next generation. Okay, I think you like her, Rachel. She's good. Okay, no, I'm just saying, she, I'm, not, I'm not dismissing her. I'm just saying I, I've, there's all kinds of people that, are, that, are, that have happened. Um, but I, I want to keep reiterating that I know it looks like Donald Trump is the man of the hour still. Um and I'm not disputing that he has a lot of popularity, a lot of influence, but why, if you keep hitching your wagon to someone who is as wildly unpredictable, un, mentally unstable, potentially just old, I mean, Donald Trump's not a young man and he's not, I mean, I know Joe Biden stumbles over his words and he's rickety looking, but there is mm-hmm. a sharpness and a presence to Joe Biden that Donald Trump does not have and has never had because he's not smart. He's not well-read and he doesn't think about anything except himself. So if you keep hitching your wagon to this like shaky foundation, he's going to probably eventually drag you down. And this work gets back to like the, 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 the conversations that I think are very interesting about authoritarianism right now that really do frame where we are, whether or not you want to compare it to the potential troubles that they had in Ireland and all these other things that people keep talking about, the least that I'm reading. The one that I think is really important is that in all instances of strong men, whether it's in Turkey, whether it's in Hungary, whether it was in Germany in the thirties, that the conservative party believes that they can control their wingnut strong man. Right. They thought that in the, the fascists thought that in Italy, the fascists thought that in Germany, that they thought, well, they thought, well, this guy's really like, oh my God, the people really love him. He's a dumbass. But like, maybe if we just like dangle the military him out there, really loves him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So maybe if we can dangle him out there uh, long enough, we can get some of the stuff. And then we just, but you, once you let the dog out of the house, yeah, you can't control him on a leash. And Donald Trump is not a socialized creature. He's an apex predator with rabies. He's like a psycho <laughs> jaguar and he doesn't care. He's not like, he's not like a friendly lion that likes to hunt in prides. He's like a nutcase. Like he'll kill anything. He'll kill his own children. He's a savage. Um, so I do think that there is a leadership position that's open. That's up for grabs right now by a moderate Republican. Yeah. I think if you prove to, if you cross, I've said this millions of times, if you were somebody who was in the Senate right now, I would waltz into the middle and be like election reform. Let's go. Let's do it. Boom. Let's get it done. And Democrats, those swing voters that we talk about all the time that are the low information voters, they just want to see somebody who appears honorable. The Obama Trump voters would line up behind that person. I think they would absolutely line up behind that person. Because they would say, I just don't know about the extremes on the left. I I really have problems with socialism. That really bugs me. But but the things that Donald Trump did in January 6th really doesn't sit – those folks especially, the January 6th stuff does not sit well with that particular well sector. With, it doesn't sit well with voters. anybody when you think except about, for extremists. 
I bet Mark Kelly over in Arizona and Raphael Warnock, a thousand miles or more away in Georgia, two conservative states that Trump won and then lost. And then they now would, have they would hold that person's like, hand on television. Yeah. A hundred percent. You want to be on the side of the constitution. They know what's up and they're, you know, yeah. I, I do believe in the future, I guess, but yeah, God, Lindsey Graham needs to go away. It's not worth one fundraising email. All right. All right. Well, that'll wrap up Talking Politics this week, and we're going to jump over to the last call. Reminder, if you are a Patreon subscriber, you'll get the whole episode over on our Patreon page, which you can find at heartlandpod.com, a link there. Uh, And if you're not a subscriber, we'll give you a couple of minutes here uh, to check it out. So we'll be back in just a second with that. Last call. All right, the last call, 2024 presidential chatter, Kirsten Cinema edition, uh, amongst other things, but that's kind of how this one came up. So there was an interesting Twitter thread from at Amy underscore Siskind, Amy Siskind, uh, a thread on cinema about her behavior, how it's made no common sense, uh, that she knows that she would lose the 2024 Democratic primary in Arizona, why would she do this? Blah blah blah. Essentially, breaking it down to, Kirsten Cinema wants to run for president because she sees exactly what Rachel is talking about, uh, and has talked about several times, which is this sort of moderate lane where you can sort of try to glob a little bit of everything and say, "Look at how responsible I am," and we have all these extremists on both sides, and we need a responsible, middle of the road, road adult. Um, I pointed out on Twitter with our account, our Heartland account, uh, months ago, we were talking about the Mansion Cinema ticket and how it would make a ton of sense and how we could see it happening. I think, Sean, specifically, you brought that up as like, this could totally be a thing. Um, So, yeah, it wouldn't be that shocking, uh, you know, to see that. Uh, There's uh, then you get this Guardian uh, article out about Joe Manchin, and they said they're, the headline on this article: "West Virginians scramble to get by after Manchin kills child tax credits." They put the word "kills" and "child" directly next to each other for a reason in that headline. Finally, finally criticizing the right Joe Guardian. Good for you. <laughs> right. Good for you guys. So, <laughs> and then we've got the bonus: uh, the RNC flirting with they're going to pull out of the presidential debates. Uh, as we know them, which would just upend the 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 cycle completely, um, which would be amazing. A tear so. for Wash U is what the, <laughs> we should call that one. <laughs> <laughs> tear for Wash U. Uh, yeah, yeah, they're doing all right. So the, any? The, oh no, they do have the. Pre- I was thinking they had the primary debates there, but no, you're no, right they there. host the presidential. Yeah, the first yeah. one, right? Yeah, usually. First or yeah. One. yeah, to the point that that's been on like SNL several times. So. That's right. That's right. <laughs> So what do you guys think? Any chance, Rachel, uh, any chance that this flies? You're, you're, you've been preaching this middle-of-the-road thing, so I, surely you're behind this, here's right? How I, here's how I think the middle-of-the-road works, really, is that when people talk about the middle-of-the-road, what they usually mean is somebody like McCain. And the way that middle-of-the-road happened is that someone who came came from started at the right and came to the center. I don't think that the Claire McCaskill form of moderate works on the national stage, meaning that you come from, you, you, you clearly have like Claire McCaskill. If you look at her voting record, let's be honest. If she were in the Senate right now, there's no question that we'd all prefer her. We'd we'd all prefer a dead body over George Horley, like no question, but she would have been the person that would be in the Senate if he wasn't. Uh And I hazard to guess that she'd be right there with mansion and cinema right now. I can get behind cadaver 2024. 
Yeah. Um, I, I don't think... Missouri's I don't not think... against that. I don't... <laughs> so, I don't see any problem with that. Heartland Pod is a production of Midmap Media LLC. Follow us on Twitter with at the Heartland Pod. With email, you can reach us heartlandpod2020 at gmail.com. Online with heartlandpod.com. Subscribe and please sign up for our Patreon with patreon.com slash heartlandpod. Become a podhead or an official podgressive today and unlock all of our content. See you at the next show.